Welcome to an inspirational teaching by Pastor Victor DeMonte, the Senior Pastor of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. We're going to look at an interesting passage of scripture. We're looking at just two verses this morning and then we will break bread together. In Romans chapter 4, verse 2 to 4, if you have that in your Bibles, you can turn to it. It says, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. I'd like us to lift up our voice and pray that the Spirit of God will speak to us and understand something deeper of God's heart towards each and every one of us. Can you pray, please? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let revelation happen in our hearts this morning that we will not just enter into the knowing of what this verse is, but we'll enter into the experience of what this is all about, O oh Father. Lord, unfold, open our spiritual eyes, Lord, that we will comprehend your goodness and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. So it talks about Abraham. We're not only sons of God, we're also children of Abraham. It's amazing how the point of reference that God uses to say, that the blessings of Abraham shall be ours also. And so it talks about Abraham who was justified. It talks about if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about but not before God. For the scriptures say that Abraham believed God. So you see two things here. One is works and the other one is believing. Now, Abraham paid a huge sacrifice. He waited for the promise to, uh, that God had given him to come to pass. He received his one and only son, Isaac, and then God challenges him to put that son on the altar. And as a result of his obedience to God, the Bible says he believed God and righteousness was imputed or righteousness was given to him. Now, the word justified means you are declared not guilty. It's a legal term. And it's amazing for God to say to us, you are not guilty. Jesus took our sin and guilt so that we would be pardoned just as if we had never sinned. And that's justification. If you break up the word, just as if I hadn't sinned. And that's the grace and that's the goodness of God. If a person spent a whole month fasting, praying, didn't leave his house, listened to worship music, read the Bible, with all of that, he wouldn't have been even one iota more righteous than any one of us who lived a normal life, ate and fellowship with one another. Isn't that good news? Which side would you want to be first person, second person? We'll all like the second person. Because we don't want to be hid, up, hid somewhere. One up, you know, to even pray for one is a challenge for people. But the Bible is saying righteousness is never by works. 
You can try as hard as you can to pray, to read, to do all of it. You can never earn right, uh, uh, right, the righteousness of God. The word righteousness is right standing before God. So here is holy God gives us a right standing in his presence. Another way to look at righteousness is the rightness of God in you. What is righteousness? The rightness of God on the inside of you. Now, Abraham was not considered righteous because of his great demonstration of faith of offering his son uh, uh, as a sacrifice. He was reckoned righteous because he believed God. He believed God has spoken and he was willing to go to any extent because he knew God had spoken. It is our belief that credits righteousness to us. There are a lot of people who struggle with this. And they look at themselves and they say, look, I pray, I go to church, I give, I bless the poor, look at that neighbor down the road or in the church, he doesn't do anything, he sleeps, he's lazy, he, you know, he doesn't uh, read his Bible very regularly. Look at him getting blessed and me, I'm struggling. Anyone have that problem? I'm not asking you to be lazy. I'm not asking you to stay at home and relax. All I'm saying is, the other person depends wholeheartedly on the grace of God or the righteousness of God while the other person is working too hard in order to earn righteousness. You cannot earn righteousness. And by the way, the Bible gives us information that in spite of you earning righteousness, it's like filthy rags. I'm sure we don't want to contribute that to heaven. Filthy rags. So, relax a bit. The reason we pray, the reason we enjoy God, is because we have understood the mercy and the grace of God. We don't read, we don't pray, we don't do all of these things in order to earn righteousness. We have received righteousness, and because we have a right standing with God, we want to enjoy fellowship with Him. Because we have the rightness of God in us, we want to bless people. We want to continue the journey and the destiny that God has in store for us. And so it says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The righteousness is a gift of God. That's given to every one of us. Now listen to what verse 7 says. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. Every single one uh, have been lawless here. Don't look at me so seriously and sanctified. I know you've been lawless. How many of you agree with me? You've been a lawless one. A balcony, you may be closer to heaven, but still you've been a lawless one. We've all been lawless, and we have been truly, I mean, really lawless. And the Bible says, blessed are those lawless ones. Why? Because our deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin to that person. Why? Because he believes God for his righteousness. Another reason, another word for blessed is happy. Happy is a person who all of us were lawless, our deeds are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. Happy is the one whom the Lord does not impute or credit or hold us guilty to our sin because of Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I think that's an amazing blessing. And we are recipients of such grace and mercy. You see, mercy doesn't give us what we deserve. We deserve punishment. Mercy says, no, release us from punishment. 
Grace means we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve, you know, salvation, forgiveness, healing, nothing we deserve. But God gives it to us. That's grace. You see the difference between mercy and grace? And so God, when we come to Christ, we not only receive mercy, we also receive grace. And out of His grace, He imputes righteousness. If anyone has the right to condemn us, if anyone has the right to, to you know, um, punish us, it has to be God. Holy God. Flawless in His character. Powerful in His nature. Says, I impute righteousness to you. Isn't that amazing? Not because of our works, because of grace, His love for us. He's given righteousness as a gift to us. And if you have Jesus, if you acknowledge what he has done, righteousness is imputed, and what comes home to me is the last part of that verse says, happy is a man to whom the Lord shall not, he will not impute his, your sin to you. He will not hold you guilt, guilty because of your sin, because you believed in Jesus Christ. No Christian should live in condemnation and guilt. No. Romans chapter 8 says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. How many of you have been in Christ Jesus? And tell someone next to you, there's no condemnation to you. Ah, you know, let, let, let's do this better. God doesn't condemn you, neither do I. You know, that's why the psalmist says, the psalmist says it's better to fall into the hands of the living God than in men. I mean, men are more judgmental and condemning than what God is. So tell someone next to you, God doesn't condemn you. No, I too don't condemn you. Because of righteousness imputed. It's the grace of God. It's the gift of God. It takes us, it ushers us right into the presence of God so that we can enjoy His presence because of this wonderful gift. Not that we earned, but because of Jesus. He earned our privilege to be in His presence through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's a blessing. Our sin is the only basis for Satan to accuse us and keep us in bondage. So once our sin is removed by the blood of Jesus, Satan loses his hold over us. And that's good news. The power of the enemy is broken because Jesus removed our sin from us. When we look at breaking of bread in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 16 to 17, the Apostle Paul presents it in a, in, a, in a positive way where it says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And we notice the two important words, thanksgiving and participation. The cup that we hold this morning is a cup of thanksgiving. There is so, so much to thank God. That though we were condemned, written of, we have salvation and forgiveness. There is so much to thank God that not only we escape the judgment of God, we are recipients of all the blessing of God. You know, when Mary conceived of the Holy Spirit to bring forth Jesus into this world, the Bible says 
Her soul magnified the Lord and her spirit rejoiced in God. What a lovely example of worship. Your soul is not empty. Your soul magnifies the Lord and your spirit rejoiced in God. And she lived in that place of sense gratitude that God chose her to bring forth his son into this world. And I wonder whether we've captured something of that excitement and the privilege that God chose you, God chose me because of his mercy to cause the spirit of the living God to come and dwell on the inside of us. We must count it worthy to have God forgive us, cleanse us, and put his very own presence on the inside of us. Not because we earned it, because he chose us, and he chose to do this for us. And we are all carriers of his presence. And that's the motivation for us to plug into God and say, God, thank you for such extent, such goodness and mercy. The cup is not a cup of supplication, it's a cup of thanksgiving. And today, if you've understood something of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we will magnify the Lord and our spirit will rejoice in God. Because everything we receive is from his grace. John chapter 1 says, from the fullness of his grace, we've all received one blessing or the other. You never try to earn a blessing, you'll go away from it. Nothing you could do to earn anything in the eyes of God. All we can do is have faith to receive everything that God offers for us. It is in his sacrifice we are recipients. Faith in what Jesus did. Faith in what God did for us through Jesus that positions us to be recipients of such goodness and kindness. Once we move into that place of thanksgiving, acknowledging God, thanking him for his goodness, thanking him for what he's given us, not because we deserve it, but because it's unmerited, we begin to tap into something uh, very precious. We begin to enjoy it. We begin to value it. You know, if, uh, if there was a lucky draw here, okay, and every one of you is going to, anyone who gets this lucky number will, uh, will get this brand new Honda. You like Honda cars? Yeah, lovely cars. You get a lo your lovely uh, Honda car. And you pick your number. How will you sit? I am happy with my Honda cycle. Not that, uh, what's it called? Scooty, uh, something that's called. Kinetic, Activa. Will you say that? You say number. Lord Jesus, 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 Jesus. Lord, you know, you know, you know my need. Lord, Lord, Lord. Let my number come. And you'll be sitting in suspense. 10, 9, 8. And the minute they call it your num number 12, what? Me? Wow! Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! All comes out after that. Till then, no praise the Lord and hallelujah. The number called you'll jump out. You won't say, uh, I got 12. After all, only Honda. You'll be excited about it. Yes? Hey, God chose you to put within you something far more valuable than a Honda. He put his breath, he put his blessings, he put his healing, he put his forgiveness, he put himself on the inside of us. And we must count it worthy. 
worthy of his grace, worthy of his mercy, worthy of his forgiveness. We have Emmanuel, God on the inside and God with us. Now look at it, it gets better here. That's why it's a cup of thanksgiving. And it's also a cup of, uh, it is also give thanks and participation in the blood. That means we don't only acknowledge Jesus for what he's done, we enter, we participate. We lay hold of it. We experience it. It becomes part of us. That's why it's partake. It becomes part of you. You're nourished by it. It's living. It's active. It's real. Every time you break bread, Jesus is present in that, uh, 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 in that place. Are you listening to me? Every time we break bread, the presence of Jesus is there with us. Because it's about him, his blood, his body that we are partaking of. We are sharing in his goodness and his mercy. He is there when you partake in the breaking of bread. Now, one at the 90s school, a girl that went through two, two operations because she was deaf in one year. And the first operation failed. The second operation, she did it, lasted for four years. And then after that, she began to lose her, uh, her hearing again. At the breaking of bread, God healed her and opened up the other ear. Isn't that amazing? Another person who had a frozen shoulder. You know what a frozen shoulder is? It didn't get stuck in the, uh, in, in the deep freezer, not that one. <laughs> you can't move your hand. No matter what you do, it's frozen. You, you can't live. God healed him of his frozen shoulder. Other things, allergy, something, God, God healed. We just read half the testament, not even half, a few of the testament. And we we're amazed at what God did. How? Because we are partakers of Jesus, of what his life is all about when we break bread. So this is something for us to thank God for in Colossians chapter 1, 21, 22. Now look at this. And you, who's that you? All of us, me, you who once were alienated. You know what alienated means? Separated, alien, separated, unfamiliar, alienated. We were not only alienated, we were enemies in our mind. How true. So not only you've been lawless in the past, but we've also been enemies in our mind. You agree with that? We've been terrible enemies in our mind. Hostile towards God. We couldn't even control our mind. Angry, bitter against God. Enemies with God. But yet now. When? When? What happened? He has reconciled. Who reconciled? That means we were all enemies. We were lawless people. We were strangers to, to the things of God. Because of Jesus, now he reconciled us, made us friends with God. You like that song? I'm a friend of God. And don't take my voice for that, you know, the, the tune is really good. You know, it's, you know, I'm a friend of God. And actually, it's true. And you say, what? Hey, Enoch was a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. And Victor is a friend of God. Shout amen. Uh, thank you very much. You also are a friend of God. Why? Not because I did anything to be reconciled with God, because 
He did everything so that you and I will be friends of God. Reconcile. Reconcile is opposite of enmity. You're not, you're not fighting. You're at peace with God. You're reconciled. You're a friend of God. I don't want anyone crawling here this uh, uh, morning and saying, Lord, you know, I'm not even worthy to come to your presence, Lord. And you creep and say, Lord, I want to touch you. See this in the movie? And you want to touch your feet? And touch your feet, Lord. Hey, that's only movies. That's not true. The reality is God saw you in such a pitiful form, all torn, all wretched. You were lacking love, lacking acceptance. Before you can think of God, he thought of you. He ran to you, embraced you, and says, you're mine. Hallelujah. Somebody shout an amen. <laughs> you know, none of you here, by the look on your face I know, none of you search for God. God search for you. Ah, come on, you can give God a better amen. amen. Who wants to be in a church service? None of, we ran away from God. People have to go on, come, 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 come. Who cares? We, we say busy, busy, busy. We, we are hostile to God. We don't want the things of God. And for God to touch you, you don't know what a miracle that is. The fact you sit here for two hours, you know what a miracle is? Tell someone, what a miracle you're here. <laughs> <laughs> if God didn't touch you, you'll be snoring at home. So the very fact that you're here shows that the life of God has touched you. There's something of his mercy that has touched you. And that's why you have the grace to sit here. Sing those songs and hear someone shout at you this morning. But look what it says. You've been reconciled. That's good news. We are friends of God. In his body of his flesh through death to present you, what's the word? Holy. Holy. Present who? Me. Holy. You. Holy. He died on the cross to present me holy. You know, you may be married for 30 years of your life. But I don't think, say, your wife will ever call you holy. <laughs> She'll always say, ah, no, something more. No husband will look at your wife and say, oh, darling, you're holy. <laughs> However much in love you are, you'll never call one another holy. You know, at least look at one another holy. That's what I thought of that holy, holy, holy. But God, but God, not even a speck of sin, who didn't even know God, who doesn't even know sin, he chooses to look at us holy. If there was anyone who could look at us and condemn us, was holy God. And if he doesn't, look at the next one and says, you dare not look at me unholy. Okay, well, let's be positive. Okay. Say, say, I'm holy. God looks at me as holy. And tell someone next to you, I look at you as holy. You know, the, the church can be so condemning. Even if the devil doesn't condemn you, a good Christian will. And sometimes you don't need the devil around. You need just a few of those Christians. I mean, they can tear you apart. 
we must have the heart of God. If God can look at us as holy, we have a choice to look at people as holy. We have a choice to look at people as holy. Now, you know what? It gets better. He presents you. He presents me holy. And look at another word. Blameless. Blameless, if you please. It's a joke. <laughs> Blameless. <laughs> and that's what Jesus did on the cross. That's what he did. That's what righteousness is. That's what the righteousness of Jesus is all about. He gave us that standing before God. You can stand right face to face with God. Jesus presents you, say the word, holy, holy. Blameless. blameless. And the third one pushes it even more further. And it makes it, you know what? It, you, 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 know, you can look at the next one and say, it's too good to be true. Or you could say, the grace of God is so lavish, it has to be true. There's either way you could look at it. And you know what it says in the last one? Above reproach in whose sight? Not your wife, not your husband, not the congregation. Above reproach, above criticism, above judgment, above condemnation in his sight. Hallelujah. You want your righteousness or his righteousness? Very wise. Made good choice today. Because even if you tried your righteousness, you will not meet any of those standards. Holy, nothing. Whole, that's all. <laughs> you will reach. That's all. Nothing more. His righteousness. His gift. That's why God said to Abraham, if you work for it, then it's not grace. You earned it, this is your wages, it's a debt. And many times we struggle with God because we're trying to collect a debt. Let me tell you how I journeyed a little bit. In heaven, there's no such thing as clock and time. So now we are sitting in the heavenlies. Okay. You know, as a sinner, I got saved. What a miracle. I mean, how God saved, real miracle. And I thought I was doing a great thing. I'll get up early morning and I'll bring my credentials to God. God, I never smoked, I never drank. I not a little bit, I never used to do smoking. I never doped, I, I never said these words. I don't know. And I thought God would stand up and say, well done for you. You know, God must have got tired hearing me say that. He said, for whose benefit? Your benefit or my benefit? I said, yes, you're not my benefit. <laughs> the grace of God. The grace of God. Presents you above reproach. You like to say the word above reproach? In whose sight? In his sight. His sight. His sight. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Uh, every time we break bread... It's a reminder. The wine is a reminder of what his righteousness is about. And that's why we can give thanks to God. Isn't that right? You're a friend of God. And he made you his friend. So the credit goes to him. He made you his friend. He chose you to be his friend. And I want you to dwell on the goodness and the grace of God. The grace of God. How lavish the goodness and the kindness of God towards each one of us. Remember the three things, holy, blameless, and above reproach 
in His sight. In His sight. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com. 